Welcome, and thank you for stopping by Biker Church, Wally, Texas. Let's go on in and see what Charlie Mullen has to teach us today. Praise God. Who is God? Praise Jesus. Father God, we come to you right now, Father. Father, we ask that you flow your spirit through this room, Father. Father, we ask that the Holy Spirit just light upon us, Father. Father, flow through us like a river, Father. Allow us to plant ourselves next to your river, Father, so we always produce fruit, Father, where the leaves are always green, where our lives are always in the shade, Father. Father, prune us and take care of us, Father, so that we can be more fruitful for you, Father. Father, I ask that this offering we're about to take up be part of the fruit that you need to see from us, Father. And Father, it's all this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Happy Mother's Day. I'm going to get as close as I can to preaching something on Mother's Day. Uh, Barb got the announcements this morning. She's supposed to be sending everything out. So, guys, I, we are starting... I don't know if y'all noticed or not, we've got a little bit different worship service going on the last couple of Sundays. I, how do I say it without sounding like I'm angry, but I'm tired of holding back what the Holy Spirit do, is wanting to do for fear of offending you. Does that make sense? I'm tired of holding back what I feel on the inside for fear of you thinking I'm a cra I'm an idiot or I'm crazy because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you something when you are crazy about Jesus and when you have sold yourself out for God, then there nothing else matters, but pleasing him. And I've said it for the last few months and I'm going to continue to say it. What do you need to have in your subconscious all the time are two words, God first. When you put God first, nothing else can compare to what it is that you're, that he is doing in your life. So we're, when, when we, when we have a worship service, that's it. That's where we're starting to get confused. This is a house of worship, not a house of preaching. The problem that I see is and it's not, it's not anybody's fault. The problem that I'm starting to see is a trend in churches where we've got 20 minutes, 10, 15 minutes of worship, and we've got 45 minutes to an hour of preaching. That makes it a house of preaching, not a house of worship. I have something to say. Yes, it is my job to speak to you and tell you what God has done. But what God is telling me right now is that he wants to see Biker Church of Wiley, Texas, a house of worship. Not a house of judgment, not a house of charity, not a house of, man, look how much stuff we do in our community. But look, it is a house that is born and brought in to not care what anybody else thinks but God. If that's the case, we wouldn't all be gathered here. Because I'm going to tell you something, people like us a lot of times are not welcome in a lot of other churches. Brother Les was just talking about outside a while ago about his style doesn't really fit in anywhere. Brother, you're wrong. Your style fits in perfect in God's plan. I don't care what I think about how you dress, bro. You shouldn't care how I think about how you dress. 
what you should care about. I think he does too. I happen to love Brother Lester's style. Because you know what it says? I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be joyful. I am going to do what God tells me to do. And to heck with what everybody else thinks. That is what I... I'm not going to ask it of you. That is what I demand of you because that is what God demands of me. God demands me to tell you what he's feeding into my spirit. And right now he's feeding into my spirit. Worship me with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. And that doesn't mean worry about what Big Dave over here thinks because I got a feeling if that big boy over there ever gets turned loose with the Holy Spirit, we're going to have to move furniture in here. Because I know his spirit, I know his heart, and he doesn't care what anybody else thinks. But we got to learn there is one thing in this world that has to be happy, and that is God. When God is happy with us, we are happy with everything. What you're not going to get is we are happy with our suffering. We are happy with our blessings. We are happy with our trials. We are happy with our victories. Do you get what I'm going? Get what I'm saying? When you're doing what God wants you to do, God will bless everything that you do. So, my wife is going to continue to play this music, and I want you to think about what God is saying to you through it. And if somebody happens to get so tempted to holler, then holler. If you get tempted to walk around, walk around. If you get tempted to raise your hands, raise your hands. And if you don't like what's going on around you, close your eyes and let God deal with you about it. And I love y'all, and I'm never going to be the one to judge you. But I am telling you right now, there's too many heinies and too many seats during worship service. So I am going to tell you this. She's going to play a song, and you're going to stand up, and we're going to worship God. And the Holy Spirit is going to land on you, and you are going to worship as you see fit, not how the neighbors think you should be doing it. So, yo, DJ, pump something, would you? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So when I was reading this afternoon, I was trying to find something that you were me. Uh, thought my phone was going off or something. Like, my phone's on silent. Let's go to First Samuel. And I don't normally start out in the middle, but there's about 50 lines of verses here that I would have to go through in order to get you all through this. But how many people out there know who Hannah is? You aren't allowed to answer. Hannah was a woman who God allowed her womb to be dried up. And she had a, a rival wife, I guess you want to call her, that had kids. Lots of them. And she was blessed with them. But she used them to throw in Hannah's face. And Hannah would get upset and cry. And Hannah's husband would tell her, man, aren't I worth more than 10 sons to you? But I'm going to go ahead and guess that as a husband, he probably didn't realize that not having children was 
I mean, that's what a mama does. That's what a woman is built for. That is the blessing that is woman. Guys, we can't create life, but she can. So what Hannah does, we're going to start out in about verse 9. Is once they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli, the priest, was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord, and she made a vow saying, O Lord Almighty, if you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, that I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. And she kept on praying to the Lord. Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk. Now, how many times in the Bible are people in prayer going to be accused of being drunk? Because nobody in their right mind stands there in public and prays, right? <coughs> I don't know about y'all, but I make a habit of it. And he said to her, how long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace, and may God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went on her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord, and they went back to their home at Ramah. Elkanah lay with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. When the man went up to his family to offer an annual sacrifice to the Lord to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord, and he will live there always. Do what seems best for you, her husband told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. After, she was, after he was weaned, she took the boy with her. He was as young, or uh, took the boy with her as he was as young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When they had slaughtered the bull, they brought the boy to Eli and said to him, As surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child, and the Lord has granted me what I ask of him. So now I give him to the Lord, for his whole life will be given over to the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord, and he worshiped the Lord here. So Hannah had one wish in life, and that was what? To be a mama. She prayed to God to grant her her one dream, her one need. And God granted that. So when you get something that you have wanted and coveted and prayed for and begged for your whole life, 
How easy is it for you to give it up? What's the first thing Hannah did with her son? She gave him up to live his life in service of God. Now, Samuel wasn't the only child that Hannah wound up having, but I want you to think about something. How many things in this world do we pray for? How much stuff, how much healing, how much, God, please just let us make it financially through this. God, our car is on its last leg. You know we need a new car. But when we get that, what do we do with it? We forget how we got it. I'm telling you right now, if you will take everything that God blesses you with and dedicate it back to God. As, I mean, guys, y'all spend some time studying Samuel in the Bible. Samuel was a great man for God because Hannah, and here I go again, and y'all tell me when you get tired of hearing about it, Hannah had a prayer. And when her prayer was answered, she put God first and remembered him with her servitude. She gave her firstborn, the first of everything, her one and only want in life she gave so he could spend his life in service of God. Now, if we did that with everything that God has given us, how godly would our life be? How many people in here are riding motorcycles that you really can't afford to be riding? I know I am. God found a way for it because I'm a preacher at Backer Church. It's kind of hard to be a preacher at Backer Church when I don't ride a motorcycle. So, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to take what God has given me and I am going to dedicate it to his service. And I'm not going to ride that motorcycle to bars. I'm not going to ride that motorcycle to strip joints. I'm not going to ride that motorcycle to go buy dope. I'm not going to ride that motorcycle to go pick up women. I am going to put my beloved wife and the mother of my children on that motorcycle, and I am going to go serve God with it. And that motorcycle will more than likely run forever. But let me not use it for God and see what happens. I've got a motorcycle that is, what, 20 years old now? That was used for a lot of years to do the bad things. And about the time I got ready to give up on it, I gave my life to God. And that motorcycle today, I can go down there right now, put a battery in it, crank it up, and go serve God. It'll take me everywhere I need to go. I have no doubt in my mind. Take everything that you have prayed for and take a good, close look at it. When God grants me this prayer and he gives me what it is that I'm praying for, how will I use it? Father God, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to use the blood that your son shed for me and wash my spirit clean. Pow. Done. God promises it so. Now what do you do with it? Get out of church early so you make it to the beer store before they close? Stay home on Sunday instead of going to church because you had plans? Not change the way you were. See, this is what you don't realize. And there's a song out there that says, if you're going through hell, just keep going. Guys, 
If you feel like you're in hell, you need to remember something. There was four people in that fire. Jesus has been to hell. You ain't dealing with nothing that Jesus hasn't already dealt with. Jesus died not so he could change the world. He died so he could enter the spirit world, go to hell, smack the devil in the teeth, take the keys to hell from him, and tell you the only way that you have to go to hell is is if you feel like it. There's only one way to hell, folks, and that is a complete absence of God in your life. Disobedience to God, faithlessness in God. Your sin has been washed clean. How many times? You know what? I'm just going to do it. How many times y'all reached in the toilet and pick up what you put out? Everybody, not a hand in this room come up. Because it's disgusting. Because it's filth. So why would you have your spirit cleaned and then go play back in the filth that God has knocked off of you? Why would you do that? Why would you beat addiction and then stick a needle back in your arm? Why would you beat alcoholism and then go drink whiskey all night? If you're already done with it, be done with it. The problem is, is we as the flesh like the way that makes us feel. I heard JR say something about it this morning. Yeah, it's going to feel good for about 30 minutes. And then here you're going to come, crawling back in here, telling God, I know I said before that I'd put you first. And praise God that we serve a father that just opens his arms up and says, come on back in. JR said this morning he has a cloak and a ring for our finger. What that means is, is that he will bring us back to the status in his kingdom where we were when we act, when we got lost. So what would happen if we took every prayer that was answered and put it back into the service of God? What happens if everything that God has freed us from, we got rid of and actually put God first? We forgot when God paid that rent, we didn't. We knew that God can do this. So what am I going to do? I'm going to take the money that God hadn't made me use for rent, and I'm going to bless somebody else. And if you don't think it works, can I tell them? If you don't think it works, let me tell you what happened to me and my wife. When was it, last Sunday? Last Monday, because I was off. Me and my wife are walking around Walmart, and I'm almost in tears, because it's been a while since I had an opportunity to bless somebody. And me and my wife were praying that my wife would get this job. I'm asking God for a blessing. We're begging God for a blessing. And God kept telling me, when's the last time you blessed somebody? You want me to bless you, who are you blessing? And I had a $100 bill in my pocket. Brand new, shiny $100 bill. I ain't had one of them on me in God knows how long. And I told my wife, I said, man, God is on me. And my wife said, well, quit arguing with him and let's get rid of this thing. So we bought the ladies' groceries in front of us. 
I had a $100 bill. We got in line. Mandy said, that lady right there, $96.48. I'm not bragging about what I did, but can I tell you what happened Friday? Thursday? She got a phone call. Not only did she get that job, she had four other job offers. But my wife got the job that we prayed that she would get. Now she has company paid benefits, 401k, dental, medical, all company paid. And guess how far she has to drive for work? To the office in our own home because God blessed us with a work from home job. Come on, guys. Because I took what God gave us and put it in service of Him. The lady turned around and said, there's no way I'm accepting this. Why are you doing this to me? And I said, because I want you to go home and remember that God loves you. And she said, well, you are a great man. And I said, no, I'm not. I said, but I serve one. My master sent me here to provide for you tonight. Now go home. And she said, well, I'm going to pay it forward. I said, that's your business. I don't need to thank you from it. But I got my reward. How many times folded? How many times redoubled? You guys know what medical insurance costs nowadays to have to buy it? Not to mention dental and 401K, and they match it? And she doesn't have to get even, she don't even have to get out of her pajamas, guys. But what is she going to do with all that time that she's going to have at home? You know what's going to happen? I'm going to get off work, and I'm going to make my mile-and-a-half drive home from work because God blessed me with one of those too, and I'm going to walk in my home, and I can promise you, just like you saw a minute ago, my wife is going to be standing in our house, and there's going to be praise and worship music playing, and my dogs are going to be running around, and my wife is going to be praising God and skipping through the house, and what's that going to do about the bad day that I had? It's going to drop off at that door, and I'm going to walk in my house, and I'm going to start praising God right along with my wife. You want to know why? Because if I don't, I'm wasting a blessing. I refuse from this day forward to ever waste another blessing God gives me again. It will all be turned back over into the service of God. Do you remember a while ago when I said, if you get worried about how I'm going to act up here, guys, this is the new Pastor Guns. Amen. Praise God. This is temporary. My flesh will get old. My flesh will have pain. My flesh will fade away. And my flesh will try to rule my life. But as of the day that I asked God to take over my life, my flesh died. And my spirit is what's in charge nowadays. So I'm going to tell you this. This is what I used to tell people about smoking cigarettes. If you're going to let that little stick... Rule your life, and don't tell me it don't. How many people in here smoke? How many people in here have had to make your family pause to watch cop watching a movie so you can go outside and smoke? Come on. You going to let that little stick full of tobacco rule your life like that? Come on, man. We big bad bikers. Nobody tells us what to do except for that little stick. Nobody tells us what to do except for that can of beer. 
Nobody tells us what to do except for dope. Nobody tells us what to do except for alcohol. I'm telling you right now, kill your flesh and let your spirit start running your life and see where God puts you. And I'm not getting on you. I'm trying to tell you how full my heart is right now. I'm trying to tell you how blessed I feel in my life right now. I'm trying to tell you that all you have to do is what? Y'all are finally starting to get it. God first. I figured Milford was going to jump all over me the other night at Bible study because I said, Milford, I have figured out my next tattoo. I'm putting God first instead of we the people down my arm. And I really thought Milford would go, man, you don't need to get another tattoo. Milford was like, do it. Do it. Because no matter what, somebody somewhere is going to ask me why I have God first tattooed on my body. And then I get to explain to them that I was a scumbag, that I didn't deserve anything that was provided for me. And then I made a change. And I'm driving Annie crazy, I bet. I'm sorry, Annie, you're going to have to get a wide-angle lens or something because God's got me fired up, and I'm not going to stop. I'm not ever going to stop. I'm not going to stop because you want me to. I'm not going to stop because you want me to. I'm going to keep going because God wants me to. And God comes first. If you get your feelings hurt, I honestly don't believe that I can offend you from up here. I can convict you of something that you've done, and God can bring it to the surface. But here's where your responsibility comes in. Are you going to listen to your flesh, or are you going to listen to God first? And when it comes to the surface in a church house, that's the reason why it comes here, because because there's people here that when it does come to the surface can wipe it clean. All you have to do is let it be known. If you got a bug on your back, unless you tell me you got a bug on your back, am I going to help it get off? Guess what? That monkey on your back's the same way. Man, Pastor, you don't know what I've been through. So I told a young man the other day that he would be more than welcome to come to my church. And he said, man, you don't know what I've done. And I said, don't worry about it because I've probably done twice it. You don't have to worry about coming here and comparing your sins to anybody because you're full of a room of sinners. Ain't nobody in here not a sinner. The whole point is that some of us learn how to stand underneath the blood and let that blood wash us clean. And then when God looks at me, so I used to think about that, man. What does God think of me? And then I get back in them red letters. And Jesus said, if you accept me, my Father sees me, not you. Don't worry about God seeing your flesh. Let God see Christ living in you. And then your flesh falls away, and all he can see is the heart. I know we've all heard that story about we all have two dogs living inside us. One is good, one is evil. Which one wins is the one that you feed the most. Let me tell you something. Those dogs or those hearts are not equal from the beginning. Because if that's the case that you're telling me that that old heart of stone that you used to have beats just as strong as that heart of love that God put in there. They don't have a chance, folks. Why do you think Jesus died? He died so you wouldn't have to. Why do you think the stone was rolled away? 
so human eyes could see that the body was gone. Do I believe in ghosts? You dang right I believe in ghosts. I believe in the Holy Ghost. And until the Holy Ghost settles down upon you, you don't know what being saved is like. You might be saved. You might be washed white as snow. You might go to heaven on the wings of a dove. But you'll never know the joy of what your feels, feels like when the Holy Spirit lands on you and hits you with a hammer and knocks your flesh wide open and lets your actual heart beam through. They say that the, the Jesus' tongue will come like a sword. I believe that the Holy Spirit wields that sword, and he has the ability to split you wide open so God can see it all. I have nothing to hide. I got no pride anymore. I'm not worth anything without God. Because if I don't have God first, I'm a hell-bound chunk of meat. I wasn't going to say hunk, but, you know. I told my daughter earlier, I said, your mama's not jealous. I said, she's like a dog with a bone, and I'm the bone. Ain't nobody going to get me because my wife will bite them. <laughs> I know my wife loves me because I prayed that God would one day bring somebody into my life that would love me for who I am, and he did. And what did we do with our relationship? We gave it to God. I prayed, she prayed, God gave us, God put us together, and now we no longer run our relationship. God does. And I'm going to tell you how to get away with this, guys. I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to give you a step up. Before you open your mouth in anger, I want you to know that God has his arm around her, standing there the whole time. Ladies, when you get ready to say something about your husband, God is standing there with his arm around him. So not only are you speaking to your spouse, you are speaking to the God in them. God is always watching you. So do I want to say something bad to my wife while God's watching? I wouldn't say anything bad to her while her daddy was watching because her daddy will smack me in the head. So why should I say something bad to her or anybody with their heavenly father watching who can jack with everything I have and everything I am and everything I'm going to be? He's, oh, you want to cuss people out on the highway? Let's see what your blood pressure looks like this week when you go to the doctor. Let me, let me take that blessing away from you since you didn't like it. If you're going to cuss people out on the highway, how about we make it where you got to ride a bicycle on the sidewalk and you don't have that car? Andy, how important is a car? I'm telling you. Me and my wife just happened to be blessed. We got a really good deal on my pickup, and that gave us the three cars. And I'm not going to say that that car is a pile of junk that she was driving. I'm not going to say, but I'm not going to say it was a bad car, but God gave us a better car. And now ask my wife what my demeanor is about that car if it's sitting in front of the house. Somebody from our church has got to be driving that car. 
Annie used it till she didn't need it anymore. Then she brought it back and parked it in front of our house again. It sat there, what, two days before I'd given it to somebody else. I'm scared to death of what God's going to do if I don't bless somebody with that vehicle because I like my truck. I don't want God to take it. Well, if you got them other cars sitting out there, Bubba, you obviously don't need this truck. You see what I'm saying? I'm more worried about what God thinks of my stuff than I do my stuff. Because I try to put God first. I go to work. Not everything always goes the way I need it to. I said something the other day, and my boss looked at me, and he said, aren't you a preacher? I was like, man, oops, sorry, y'all. Might have let my flesh run the road right then. But that means when I come back off that run that I was on, I have to come back and make sure that I do my job. Not as Because my job is not to run parts. My job is not to answer the phone. My job is not to bring up sales on the computer. My job is not to set things up for delivery. My job is not to check in things for that come in on freight. My job is to be a man of God in that building and do what my boss asked me to do. So how hard is that? How many people in here got Joe? Oh, David, you're a truck driver. I'm sailor, truck driver. I don't know how it goes. Yeah, trailer, suck driver, suck driver. See where I got went there with that? No matter what the world throws at you. Now this is y'all are gonna look at me funny on this one. How do you avoid getting hit in the face by the world? Oh, somebody finally gets it. If I put Big Dave in front of me in the middle of a rock fight, who's going to get hit? Big Dave. Oh, see, we can take this one step forward. In the middle of that, if David moves, where do I need to be? Right behind him. So what happens when God moves over here? I better follow him. If you put God first, everything coming at you impacts what? And what does God rule? Everything. So what does make it to you after it goes through God has been filtered by God because God said, how many people in here read in the Bible where God says, after you give, I wouldn't, I wouldn't raise my hand just yet back there, girly. Somewhere in that book it says, and I know it does because it has to, that once I give my life to Christ, everything will be just peaches and cream. I won't have any more problems. I won't have any more troubles. I won't have any more trials. Then why would I believe in something like that? Because what God tells me in that book is I am going to go through trials. I am going to go through tribulations. Only now I have the tools and the equipment and the backup to get through it unscathed. He didn't say my flesh was going to go unscathed. He said my spirit was going to go unscathed, and it was going to spend forever in eternity with God. Come on, man. How could you want to miss that? There's free T-bone steaks tomorrow night right out here in this parking lot. How many people are going to be there? Come on, man. You won't, you won't let your flesh miss out on something good. Why would you let your spirit miss out on something good? There is an eternity in heaven waiting on you. All you have to do is accept what God tells you is true. 
Plead the blood of Jesus upon your spirit. Let Jesus wash it clean and let God see Jesus through you. And that's all it takes. That and some obedience, which none of us like. Y'all afraid of joy? Quit running from it. Y'all afraid of happiness? Quit stomping on it. Allow, see, here's what I'm trying to beg you guys. Allow yourselves to be touched by God. Allow the Holy Spirit to deal with you. Don't sit there and say, ah, man, that's, mm, that stuff ain't for me. I'm going to tell you something. I had a buddy of mine. The only way that I got him to go to church is because I was in high school, I was going out with a girl who invited me to her church. There was no way I was missing out on this because I was getting to go out with her. She had a friend that my buddy liked. My buddy said, I'm going to go to this church, man, and I'm going to go with you so we can meet these girls. But if anybody in that church starts approaching me or they start acting weird, I'm out of there. We weren't in that church four minutes into worship service, and here comes a lady who's I've never even heard of it before that is in charge of what do they call banner service. Oh, yeah, man, she's going at it like a ninja with nunchucks, man. And she is dancing up the aisles and doing cartwheels, and as she passes an old lady, she runs that ribbon across her hand two feet in front of my buddy. That old woman falls on the floor and goes to flopping like a fish, and that lady comes up there twirling that ribbon around my buddy's head. Let me tell you something. Go ahead and tell yourself that you will never listen to what the Holy Spirit has to say. Tell yourself that I will never acknowledge the fact that the Holy Spirit exists and he will manifest himself. There wasn't no denying that something was going on. And my buddy, how many people in here want to know how fast he ran out of that church? You know he never moved. He sat right there and listened to every word that preacher had to say. And now he's married to a woman who makes him go to church, and he tells me that I'm not always wrong about stuff like that. When we went to that church, a lady told me and him both standing there that you are going to be a preacher someday and that God is going to deal with you in a mighty way. I looked at him. <laughs> Look at you, bro. You're going to be a preacher. I had no idea she was talking to me. Had absolutely no idea. I can tell you right now that God will deal with you. God will call upon you to do things. If he ever calls you to preach in front of a biker church, go to plumber school. <laughs> Find something else to do. I'm just messing with y'all. Because, guys, here's the thing. This is what I want you to know. No matter what my flesh goes through, my heart is still joyful. My spirit is still just... Man, I really, I want God to set the Holy Spirit on, upon me so hard that my flesh doesn't stand a chance and it just falls away. Because there's only so much room. There's only so much room. You can either fill it up with the Spirit or you can fill it up with the flesh. Which one do you want to do? I want to be so full of the Spirit that my flesh can't even get room and get a word in edgewise. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to keep listening to your flesh? Are you going to keep being addicted? Are you going to be, keep being afflicted? Are you, are you going to get convicted? 
and start listening to what the Holy Spirit has to tell you. Because I have a feeling tonight that there is somebody in this room dealing with some things that they don't want anybody else to know about. So I'm going to ask you right now to listen to what the Holy Spirit says. Don't sit there in that chair and waste any more time than what you have to because nobody's going to be looking around. I don't want you don't have to raise your hand. You don't have to come up here in the front. I'm not interested in counting you. I don't have a report that I have to fill out when I get done preaching that says five were in attendance and three gave their hearts to God and I turn it in to the big boss man and I get credit for it. That's not the way it happens. All that happens is that you might actually have a chance at being happy and joyful in life. So I want you to bow your heads. I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to think about how things are going in your life right now. Are you addicted? Are you living in your flesh? Are you living in fear? And if you are, while everybody's heads are bowed and everybody's eyes are closed, I want you to raise your hand. I'm glad to see that there's nobody in here struggling tonight. I'm glad to see that everybody's going to leave here tonight and they're going to bring five people with them tomorrow night to church because their life is so perfect. Now, for my brothers and sisters that know who Christ is, that have been washed in the blood, but you're not exactly putting God first, I want you to put that hand in the air so we can get you lined out. Ain't nobody looking around. Nobody's judging you. And if they are, that's their problem. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. He is our Father. He is our protector. He loved us so much that He came to earth and died so that we could have a chance of even knowing an inkling of what His life was like. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, go with us. Father God, come into our hearts and stay there, Father. Walk with us, Jesus. Allow us to stand behind you, Father. Be with us and protect us, Father. Father, let our hearts beat for you and you only, Father. Father, allow us to step outside our flesh and become one with, this, with your spirit, Father. And it's all this in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you have prayer requests or need to contact us, please email us at bikerchurchwileytexas at gmail.com or call 214 283 0620. Please send all written correspondence to 303 Highway 78, Suite 103, Wiley, Texas 75098. And if you wish to make a donation, please make all checks payable to PSMM.
God bless you and have a great day.